It's my joy and privilege to be here uh, this night to bring forth God's precious word. I do like to thank Mr. Thomas for the words of welcome and the opportunity uh, to be here with you tonight. It is my first time uh, being here among you and I have to say it was very, very easy uh, to get down. I had fears coming down thinking how would I get lost in the tubes and all the train and all that there. Uh, but I have to say it was very, very easy, very straightforward uh, uh, to get down. So hopefully I'll be able to come down myself again, no doubt, uh, when other men are bringing forth God's precious word. But it is a great joy and an honour to be here this night to bring forth God's uh, precious word. Thank you for your prayers uh, for the work in Lewis. We are knowing the Lord's help. Uh, God has continued to bless and to strengthen. And even last week, uh, we were able to have our children's day where boys and girls, well, one girl anyway, uh, she was able uh, to say a verse of scripture that she had been memorizing, uh, John 14, verse 6. And that was a great blessing in our own hearts to hear young people, young boys and girls, children, uh, hearing, uh, being able to recite God's precious word. So do continue to pray for us in Lewis that the Lord will continue to bless and bring more people in. Uh, a lot more say we could say and can say, but really we're here tonight uh, to bring forth God's precious word. And if you turn again in that portion that was read tonight, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, and we'll take time again just to read verse 47 down to verse uh, 51. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 47. Uh, the word of God says, reading from the authorised version of the scriptures, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net, and was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore, and sat down, and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. We'll just still our hearts in the presence of the Lord. Seek him now in prayer before we just come uh, to, to the preaching of the word. Our Father and our God, we thank thee again that we assemble ourselves together in thy name. And Father, we bless thee uh, for the word of God. We thank thee that thy word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, we thank thee for the word of God. Lord, we bless thee for the truth of thy word. Yea, Lord, we thank thee that the entrance into thy word giveth light. Lord, we bless thee that thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And, O oh God, we pray this night, yea, Lord, that we would hide thy word in our hearts, that we might not sin against thee. Father, we thank thee we come to thee this night on redemption ground. Lord, we don't enter into the merit into thee then through the merits of our own self or through any name of a church. But Father, we come that blood sprinkled way. We come on the ground of redemption. We come, yea, Lord, on the finished work of our blessed Saviour and our Redeemer. 
And Lord, we ask of thee, O God, this night, Lord, that we would see none save Jesus only. O God, we pray for thy people here this night, that thou will come and strengthen us, we ask of thee. Give us a word of encouragement. Lord, we pray for any here tonight, Lord, they're outside of Jesus Christ. O Lord, we pray that they would come to the foot of the old rugged cross and be gloriously transformed by the precious blood. Lord, give us help, O God, just now. Stand beside me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and with power. Yea, Lord, Paul said to the church there at Ephesus that they were to be filled with the Holy Ghost. O God, come this night. Move in our midst, we pray, for the Saviour's sake. Amen. As we come to Matthew chapter 13, the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching his disciples and the multitudes which followed him. The location of such teaching, as we've read there in verse 2, reveals that the multitude are on the shore and our Saviour is on the ship. This was the Lord's teaching, this crowd. Such was the following that came after the Lord, that first one says that they were great multitudes. Such were the crowds that came to hear the Saviour preach, that there was a mixed multitude. In this crowd there was those who were saved and those who were not saved. Those who were trusting in Christ as Saviour and those who were trying to work their own way to heaven. And we're so glad that the Lord knew the hearts of all. And the Lord, as the great prophet, came to reveal the will of God uh, concerning salvation. And there, as the Saviour began to teach, he was able uh, to meet the need of every single one. He was able to apply the word to where it seemed best uh, to the hearts. Not only to teach his people. But also to be a word, uh, to give a word in, uh, of witness to those who were outside of him. The Lord instructed the crowd in parables. As we've read there in verse 3, uh, it says there in verse 3, And he spake many things unto them in parables. And a parable is simply uh, that which means to throw alongside. It has the idea of putting down one thing beside something else in order that a comparison might be made. And therefore, in the preaching of the Saviour, he used these parables, these illustrations in his messages to go alongside the lives of those who heard him preach in order that they would see themselves in these lessons taught. That they would see the link. That they would see the connection. And they would apply the words spoken uh, to their own hearts. As the Lord began to teach these parables. Uh, we learn that the first four parables. The multitudes and the disciples they heard. And then from verse 34. We read all these things. Spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets saying. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept in secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came on to him, saying, 
declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. So then after the Lord had got into the house, and his disciples came unto him, and they wanted him to speak more concerning the parable of the tares. The next three parables after, the Lord reveals to his disciples the explanation of what he has said. There to build them up in their most holy faith. It really is an extension on uh, as we come to the parable of the net. Because the parable of the net tonight, as we're coming, is really uh, similar, closely connected to the parable of the wheat and the tares. And the Lord there is simply teaching that as the gospel net is cast out, this net that gathers so many fish of so many different kinds, on the day of examination, they will be separated, the bad from the good. And that's what the Lord will do when he comes back. There will be that separation, that separation uh, from the wicked, uh, from the just, when the Lord will come back. And therefore we want tonight simply to look at this here uh, about the gospel net, the parable of the gospel net. There's some thoughts I want to show you tonight, uh, God willing, uh, through this portion of scripture. Notice, first of all, in the parable of the net, there is the seeking for sinners. The seeking for sinners. Read there in verse 47. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea. The Lord's purpose is to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he will continue to build his church. We read throughout the Gospels that the Saviour came to seek and to save them that were lost. He came not to call the righteous but he came to call sinners to repentance. And this was his mission. This was the will of him that sent him. He came into this world to give his life a ransom for the many. And though he was the only one who could deliver sinners. Though he was the only one that could save men and women from destruction. Yet the Lord has chosen those whom he has redeemed to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And to spread the gospel message. And therefore, in this parable, as the gospel message is being spread, there is this uh, great example of evangelism, as seeking souls for the Lord. For we are called to be fishers of men. You remember uh, those men who were saved by the grace of God. And they were to become uh, fishers of men. You remember in John chapter 1, You'll read of many of them of their testimony of the day that they were saved. And then we're introduced to some of them again in Mark chapter 1. Whenever they got saved, then they went back to their fishing business. And as the Saviour was passing by in Mark chapter 1, there the Saviour came by and he saw them, some casting the net into the sea, and the others were there mending their net. And the Lord came alongside them. And said these words in Mark chapter 1 verse 17. Come ye after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Come ye after me. You see whenever they got saved then they went back to their fishing business. They went back to work and they were continuing to do their work. 
And then the Lord passed by and said to them, to give them that call to service, to give them that call, now you're saved. You're saved to live for me. You're saved to serve me. Come ye after me. Follow me every single day. And men and women, those who are saved by God's grace tonight, though we're saved and we go back to our work, yet the lesson comes to us and the truth applies to our hearts that we are to serve our Saviour, that we have been saved to serve. We have been redeemed to live and to glorify our blessed Redeemer. And the Lord says to you, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Come ye after me, follow me. You see, they were catching fish, but now the Lord had called them to catch four souls. The Lord had called them uh, to follow him and to be a witness for him and to do a work for him. We learn in Luke chapter 5 verse 11. The Lord said this to the disciples. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Thou shalt catch men. And that's what we are involved in tonight, dear men and women. We are to go out there to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Because the Lord is coming back and there will be this separation. And therefore, men and women, we cannot sit idle. But we must go into all of England. We must go into all of London and seek to rescue souls. Oh, have this burden in our heart. For the gospel net to be cast to be uh, cast out, thou shalt catch men. Their ministry would be evangelistic, and therefore the Lord teaches here about this ministry that uh, casting out the net, the gospel net. The word they're used for net. Sometimes this parable is called the parable of the fool net. Sometimes it's called the parable of the net. Uh, sometimes it's called the parable of the drag net. Because the word there used for the net in the original simply is the drag net. And it was this big long net that was put into the ocean, to the sea, to the lake. And as it was dragged across the sea, it gathered in the fish. It caught the fish there. And therefore, this is what the disciples were doing. They were to go out there with this dragnet and uh, simply as they were had before fishing for fish, now they were to fish uh, for soul seeking to do the master's bidding. But I want you to see the place where they were fishing because they would, the, the gospel net was, ca- the net was cast into the sea. And in this parable, the sea it represents the world. And as the fishermen were out there fishing in the sea, catching the fish, so now the spiritual application is that they are to go into the world and to cast the gospel net. They are to go into the world and to preach the gospel. There to catch men and women. There to seek the lost for Christ. You see, the world, the world is where we must go and catch souls for the Lord. The sea representing this world of darkness. Because men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. In John chapter 3 verse 20 we read, For everyone that doeth evil 
hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 20, we read these words, The wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. So here we have the wicked. They cannot rest because of their sin against God. And here it is. We are to go into this sea, this world of darkness, and to present the gospel message. Notice how the Lord describes the natural state of man. He says this here in verse 48. Uh, when we read here about the gospel net being cast into the sea, when it was full, they threw it to the shore and sat down and gathered the good vessels, but cast the bad away. And the word there for bad, the word bad, it means corrupt. It means that which is rotten, that which is uh, putrefied. So here, uh, the Lord is speaking here about the corrupt, the, the bad fish, the corrupt fish. And therefore, that's why we must go into the world to preach the gospel. Because men and women are corrupt. Men and women are lost in sin and shapen in iniquity. The corrupt fish, the bad fish. The Lord uses this word, uh, again, bad, to signify corruption in his sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7. You know in Matthew chapter 7. Verses 17 and 18. When the Saviour is bringing his sermon to a conclusion. And he's bringing the application. He starts to compare the good and the bad. And he says these words. And this is the word. A corrupt tree. That's the same word used here in Matthew 13. A bad tree. A corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Verse 18 of Matthew 7. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So here's the same word. The same word corrupt. The same word bad. Men and women are lost in sin. They are those who are corrupt because of sin. Psalm 53 verse 1. The fool has said in his heart. There is no God. Corrupt are they, it's the same word, corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity, and there is none that doeth good. So here is the fallen state of man. This is why man needs the gospel message, because man by nature, he is depraved, he is corrupt, he is unable to do that which is spiritual good. As Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 1, Man is full of bruises and wounds and fruit divine sores. Uh, from the sole of the foot even on to the head. There is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and fruit divine sores. And therefore this is the state of man. And that's why the gospel must be preached. That's why the net must be preached. That's why we must go in to the streets of London or Lewis, or wherever you're from, and tell men and women the gospel message. As Paul said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And therefore, child of God, this night, never lose the evangelistic seal. 
Never lose that burden for souls. Never lose that fire to go in and witness to men and women. No matter how dark the day. No matter how many times you're rejected. But go and tell men and women there is a saviour who is mighty to save. Hallelujah. There is a wonderful saviour who saves from all sin. And therefore... There is here the seeking of sinners going into all the world to cast the the net. Are you casting the net where you live? Are you casting the net to your neighbours? Are you casting the net to your family? Oh, you say, but preacher, I have done that for many, many years. And I have not seen any results. I have not seen much difference. And I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like it's just no point. I keep on telling men and women the message. And nothing seems to happen. And I just feel like I should just stop. Oh, let me encourage you tonight to keep on fishing for souls. Spread the gospel net in season and in out of season. In the summer and in the winter. Keep on fishing for souls. I watched the wildlife program the other night. I don't know if you like watching wildlife programs or not. Uh, this program, this man was fishing. And he, to catch the fish that he was looking for, he had to go out at different times during the day. Sometimes he was out at 6 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes he went out in the afternoon. Other times he went out at night to catch the fish. And what we're simply saying here, he went out all those different times to catch the fish day after day for his documentary. And I'm simply saying to you, do not give up in the hard times, but keep on serving the Lord. Because there is much patience needing and needed in this work. Or you feel like the disciples. You would come and say, preacher. I feel like the disciples in Luke chapter 5 verse 5 when they came and said Master we have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Master we've toiled all night preacher. We've toiled for years. We've labelled, laboured, we've struggled. We've preached, we've prayed for years and for days and for weeks. And we've taken nothing. What's the point in going on? Oh The reason why we go on, because the rest of the verse says, Nevertheless, at thy word, will I let down the net. It's at his word. If it was up to any of us, no doubt we would all give up. If it was up to any of us, we would maybe just close the doors. But at thy word, the command of God, we have a responsibility. A duty to preach the gospel of Christ. Go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Oh, have that burden as the Saviour did. When he saw the multitudes as a, uh, as a, she- a sheep without a shepherd. Oh, here there is the seeking for sinners. Are you seeking tonight for souls? Are you casting out the gospel net because the Lord's coming back? And you must be like John the Baptist in ministry. And prepare people for the coming of the Lord. There is the seeking for sinners. Don't give up. Don't give up. Notice secondly. There is also the salvation of sinners. The salvation of sinners. Verse 47. Again 
The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And I don't want you to miss this point uh, tonight. Because when the gospel net is cast out, it is not cast out in vain. The work of Christ on the cross was not a failure. I want you to say no tonight that salvation is of the Lord. And though it is his business to save, yet we are to spread the gospel message. Because whenever this net was spread, it gathered every kind. And though as we look at later on, the, the bad, the corrupt were cast away. But the good, they were collected. And I don't want you to miss that there. Because there were the good, as the Saviour calls them. In verse 49, the just. When the fishermen, their net was full and they brought it to shore. And they examined that net. There was the good fish also. And therefore guaranteeing, guaranteeing to us that when the Lord returns... That there will be those who he will return for. For his church. For his bride. Those whom he has redeemed. The just. The righteous. And of course no man is born good. No man is born just. No man is born a Christian. No man is born on the road to heaven. We are all lost in sin. On the road that leads to destruction. But the Lord Jesus Christ has died for a multitude that no man can number. And he has saved souls. And he has saved you tonight. Praise the Lord. And therefore you can look at one another tonight and know that the work of Christ was not in vain. He saves sinners. And as the net is cast out, he will save those for whom his blood was shed. He brings them into union with himself. They are accepted in him. Their standing is no longer condemned. But they have been perfectly pardoned. And child of God tonight, that ought to thrill your heart tonight. That ought to put a spring in your step as you leave here tonight. You are no longer condemned. You're not on the road to hell. The wrath of God does not abide upon you. You have been declared by heaven as righteous. Accepted in the beloved. In union with Jesus Christ. Your sin has been forgiven. It's been blotted out. It's been removed. You'll never stand trial for sin. You'll never be condemned for sin. Hallelujah. Why? Because of the victory of the cross. We preach a wonderful saviour. We preach a victorious message. And because Christ did not fail. Therefore we can present the gospel message. Because the Lord saves sinners. He redeems souls. Because to be righteous. Is to have that standing before the Lord. To be transformed. To be a new creature in Christ. And maybe there's one here tonight. You're still in your sin. As you stand right now. You're not a Christian. You're outside of Jesus Christ. His wrath abides upon you. And you're lost in sin. You're like the bad fish tonight. The corrupt fish. 
In your sin, you love the pleasure of your sin. You love the world. Oh, the Lord is able to change you tonight. He is able to redeem you. He is able to save you. He is able uh, to wash you whiter than the snow. And this is the great encouragement for evangelism. For spreading the gospel net. Because whenever the Lord returns, he's returning for his people. And that ought to fill us tonight. He's coming back for his people tonight. He's coming back for the ones whom he shed his blood for. He gave unto his sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. And again that ought to bless you tonight. Because you will, never, you will not be lost. You are safe and secure in the arms of the Saviour. Did not the Lord say in John chapter 6 when he encouraged himself. He said these words in John chapter 6 verse 37. Him that cometh to me. Well, well at the start of the first, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And the word there cast out. It means to expel. And you know what the word expel means. I don't know if you've ever been in your younger days expelled from school. But you know what it is to be expelled. It means to be kicked out. To not be accepted anymore. Not to be longed here anymore. And the Lord says, Him that has come to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will in no wise expel. You'll never be lost. When you've come to me, I have saved you. As far as the east is from the west, I have removed your sin. I will never expel you. I will never kick you out. You'll never be unaccepted. You will always be accepted. Because him that has come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Why? Because of the victory of the cross. He actually came to save sinners. He came to deliver sinners. And that's why we preach the uh, glorious message of the gospel. As Paul preached the gospel. And he said these words as the Lord said to him in Acts 18 verse 10. For I am with thee. And... No man shall set, uh, set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. I have much people in this city. And men and women as you go out these doors tonight know I have much people in this city. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Uh, chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. Know ye not. That the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor uh, or adulterers, or infeminate, nor, or uh, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Here, 
there is the salvation of sinners. When the net is cast out, the work of Christ is not in vain. The blood, there is no failure in the blood. Because notice, the good, the just, they were collected. And that's a complete difference from the wicked or the the bad, the corrupt, that are cast away. The seeking for sinners, casting out the gospel net. The salvation of sinners. There is the just. Finally, there is the separating of sinners. Because, read on down there, uh, verse 48 which when it was full they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good in the vessels but cast the bad and we've said that word bad means corrupt cast the corrupt away so shall it be at the end of the world the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So we here see this great scene again of the fishermen. They have brought their, their the net to the shore. And the net has all every kind of fish. And as they begin to examine it. They separate the bad fish, the corrupt fish from uh, the good fish. And the Lord is simply teaching that when he returns. This is what he will do. He will separate the bad from the good. He will separate the ungodly uh, from the godly. As he says, so shall it be. Uh, Pointing to a future day when he returns in all his glory. When he returns visibly. When he returns victoriously. He shall separate. No, it says here, so shall it be at the end of the world. The original rendering of this reads thus shall it be in the completion of the age so thus shall it be in the completion of the age the word there end refers to completion the climax the end the word world as has already been stated earlier on uh, before I came up uh, means age referring to a long period of time And the same word is used many times in the word of God. uh, But it is used there in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. Referring to our own saviour. Referring to the close. The end of the age of the Old Testament. Where it says here in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once. In the end of the world, or the end of the age, the completion of the age, hath he appeared, uh, or the end of the age, to put, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So we see the same word. So basically when the Lord came the first time, the world uh, did not end. But it was the end of the age, bringing the New Testament uh, to the end. And our Saviour came. He came here into this world, a virgin born. He came into this world to live a perfect life, to die an atoning death, 
and the two are connected together, dearly beloved. For he lived for us and he died for us. He is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And he came into this world. The one who did no sin. The one who knew no sin. The one who became sin for us. And that's why you can be saved tonight. That's why you are saved tonight. Because of his perfection. Because of his sinless life. Because if there was one imperfection of Christ. He could not be the saviour. But here we have his impeccability. The one who came into this world. To be the offering for sin. The one who would give us life had to be without blemish. He had to be perfect. No fault. No failure. And therefore he appeared. Or manifested. At the end of the age. To put away sin. So these words, the end of the world or the end of the age, uh, simply refers uh, to that time, a long period of time that comes to a close. And we know that in this occasion, that will be when the Lord comes back. At the end of the age, there will be that separation. As we read there, that he shall uh, send his angels and they shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. And that word sever, it means to separate. So here we have the separation of the unsaved uh, from the saved. Used throughout this whole chapter. Uh, verse 48, it is the separation of the good and bad. Verse 38, the children of the kingdom, the children of the wicked. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 he shall separate them one from the other. This is when he returns. As a sheep divideth his sheep from the goats. So there is coming this day of separation. Uh, this day when there will be this severing. The wicked uh, from the just, the good from the bad. And that day will be when the Lord returns. Notice the preposition from it means away from. The word among means in the presence of or in the midst of. So here there will be this separation, this severing, this cutting off. Severed away from the presence of the just for all eternity. There will be this separation when the Lord uh, comes back. Until then... Both the good and the bad have been in the net. They have both sat under the preaching of the gospel. They have both heard the word of God preached. They have both sang the same hymns. There are many who are worshipping the Lord. With their, when their heart is far from him. There are many today who are sitting in God's house. Or sitting under the sound of the word. Being, thinking they're on the road to heaven when they're on the road to lost eternity because they are pretenders oh they can walk like a Christian they can talk like a Christian because they have a Bible because they say a prayer does not mean they are saved to be saved you must come and realise you are lost because let me tell you this here on that day when the Lord returns, there'll be no pretenders that day. 
the Lord will show the separation. Those who are saved and those who are not. Those who are born again and those who are not. And you can pretend now. You can fool the preacher. You can say on the way, it's well with me preacher. But on that day, it will not be well with you. On that day, you will be lost for all eternity. Verse 50. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. And there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Do you see it there? Do you see the the seriousness of this? Do you see the solemnness of this here? They will be cast into hell. Those unsaved. Sentenced into hell. Where they will await that judgment of the great white throne. Where hell will be cast into the lake of fire. Oh, there is hell cast into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and there shall be gnashing of teeth. Mark chapter 9 verse 43 says, Into hell, into the fire, that shall never be quenched. Oh, such is the awfulness of hell. Men and women, you need to get a hold of this tonight. Because souls are perishing. And if they die in their sin, they will go to a lost eternity. As the man in Luke chapter 16, when the Lord spoke about this dear man, the rich man, who went to hell and he said these words, I am tormented in this flame. And the word tormented there, it means punished. And it's in the continual tense that even tonight, even right now, that man in hell is still crying out, I am tormented, I am tormented, I am tormented. Oh, get a hold of that tonight. If you die in your sin, you will be sent to a lost eternity. Forever and ever and ever. To be punished. For all eternity. Where there is the wailing and the gnashing of the teeth. That word wailing uh, simply uh, means a great cry or a lamentation. The screaming out. The word gnashing. It reflects uh, the grinding of teeth. Nobody have ever seen people going to a dentist or, or whatever they do, but some people tell you, or, what, or if you have a real bad sore or something like that, uh, sometimes people would put uh, towels in your mouth. I remember hearing about a story, uh, well, a true story, about a lady who got 90% uh, 90% burns. Uh, you call her Mrs. Fawn, she has a book. Uh, I'm not going into the whole story uh, about the day, uh, what happened to her and her daughter about the house. Uh, a gas cylinder exploded and her and her daughter were both uh, severely burned but in the hospital Mrs Fawn said whenever they were lined up in the burn clinic or the burn unit and they had to get their burns and she had over 70% of her body burned her daughter was only a young child at the age and she had 90% of her body burned Mrs Fawn said the people were screaming out such was the pain. And what she did, whenever it was her turn, she would put a towel in her mouth that others wouldn't hear the screaming. 
And you can imagine that echo down the whole corridor of everyone else screaming. And I say that's not even compared to the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. The screaming out, the crying out, the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. Oh I say in hell it will be unbearable, it will be unending, it will be unquenchable. Let me ask, are you prepared for that day? Are you ready for that day? Are you ready for eternity? Where will you spend eternity? If this was your last day on this earth, where would you spend eternity? Oh, I beg you tonight, if you're not saved, that you will come to Christ and put your faith and trust in him. And dear child of God tonight, oh, you seek and pray for souls. You know someone who's lost in their sin. You go out and speak to them. Plead with them. Plead for them. Speak to them the gospel. Invite them in. And you may say, but preacher, I'm not a great talker. I would only fumble. That's fine. You can simply just give them a letter and say, come to church. Or give them a verse to read or something or a track. But present the gospel. Well, the Lord said at the end in verse 50, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? Have you understood? Have you understood it? That one day there will be that separation and I'm coming back where I will take my church to rule and reign with me. But those who are not saved, they shall be cast away, thrown away into the fire. And they say unto him, Yea, Lord, do you understand tonight? Do you understand that if you're not saved, you need to be saved tonight? Do you understand that? Do you understand tonight that you must go out and present the gospel message? Oh, there is this gospel net the seeking for sinners there is the saving of sinners there is the separating of sinners I pray tonight that God will write his word upon our heart for his name's sake Amen